my people karibuni sana this is the real estate guru 254 podcast and we are just coming up on episode number six welcome to this episode guys with me today is monica mwangi yet again and she's here today to share more insights into the property acquisition process specifically we are going to be discussing uh, the subject of encumbrances to property and everything you may want to know about what they are the different types and the application to property, how they get placed on property, who gets to place encumbrances on property, how they get removed, how they affect the property transfer process, and what needs to happen before the ownership of property that has been placed under an encumbrance can be transferred. Hopefully, Monica will also be able to share with us any other insights she may have on the subject of property encumbrances. So, my name is David Mbatia, founder of Real Estate Guru. This week's conversation, as I've mentioned, is part of our ongoing legal series where we delve into the essentials of property acquisition process in Kenya. So, again, remember we're doing a gratitude list. So, who's on my gratitude list for today? This will make her somewhat uncomfortable, but I have to send a shout out to Monica, who is here with me today. Honestly, guys, when I eventually tell the full story of getting this podcast started, whenever that day comes, Monica will feature as a, a big part of that story. She took tangible steps, exercising her faith in me, when perhaps, you know, based on our very short history with each other, she really shouldn't have. So thank you so much, Monica. Let's kick things off. Monica is, a, is an advocate thank you. for the high court of <laughs> She has warned me not to call her. Well, I didn't so, warn. I just corrected. Yes. So, Monica is an advocate, well-versed in matters real estate. In this show, as you guys know, is it's really about all things real estate. We're here to educate and inform. So, today's show is going to be an interesting one. Just really focusing on innovation. And we're going to be discussing the transfer process for properties that have a registered encumbrance. Uh, an encumbrance is well you know what Monica engage me here what's an encumbrance again <laughs> we started you guys need to know something like, you know the reason Monica is laughing is because we, we had a goof in the earlier recording we actually recorded this session so this is a routine but Monica and I had some really friendly banter we had our flow going and we to discover that David did not hit record no no, no actually I hit record but you know it was a studio glitch. It had nothing to do with me. We were recording. We actually had a recording, but no audio, which was really sad. So, Monica, today we're talking about encumbrances. Yes. And what those are, how they affect the process of, of transfer and registration of property in the 2x4 in Kenya. So, maybe first question would be, what are encumbrances? What, is an what encumbrance? the hell is an encumbrance? So, I give my definition... <laughs> <laughs> Tell me, what is an encumbrance? Just the word encumbrance. What does it mean? To encumber is to constrain, as I understand the word. It's to stop, to attempt to stop, to place an obstacle in the place of something happening. And I want to believe that the correct pronunciation, pronunciation of the word is encumbrance. I have heard people use or say encumbrances, but... Yeah, for, for now we're just gonna we're just gonna use the word as I know it, which is encumbrance. So Monica. Yes. Am I correct? 
encumbrance. You're very, very correct. Mm. So now, when you bring that definition into the legal aspect or the property aspect in this case, an encumbrance becomes now a claim against an asset, or in this case, a property, by an entity or a person that is not the owner. That is not the registered proprietor. Uh-huh. Yes. And it was that party. Good. So in essence, we can call them that party rights. That party. Yes. So a third party is, is placing an encumbrance to stop the vendor from doing something or other with his own property. Is that even legally possible? Yes. If that is why we have these things. We call them encumbrances. They are very legal. Okay. The process is actually quite... It's like a transfer because it is registered against the title. So you honestly cannot do anything against it unless the, the said encumbrance is lifted. So, okay, let's talk about the types of en- encumbrances. Maybe you can take us through that before we really delve into how they operate and how, how we need to go about transferring property that has encumbrances. So, All right. Yeah. So before we state the type of encumbrances and what the impact and the effects, just a disclaimer. These things that encumbrances that we have said give rights to that parties are not automatic. You need to prove, you need to have documents, you need to have evidence showing that you really, the right that you're claiming is valid. You, that it's not a malicious action. You're not trying to hinder someone from using their, from enjoying their property for malicious reasons. So you have to prove you have a responsibility as a person who is applying for the caution or for the encumbrance to, you know, to, uh, to convince the court or the registrar that your right is actually valid. So another disclaimer or rather another general comment is that all these encumbrances have the same mode of putting them and removing them. The only person who can register these encumbrances are the registrar of lands in any locality. Whether it's Within the registry where yes. the land is yes. registered. Yes, so the application okay. is made to the registrar. The other person who can issue Another entity that can issue this registration is the court. You can give, you can make an application to the court to instruct the land registrar to put an encumbrance in your favor. So now the court will have validated your right, the right that you're claiming to become to be valid and to be very sincere. Then they will issue an order that the same be registered in your favor. So the same, so the same people, so only a registrar in the court can put in. So the same people can remove it. The registrar can remove. Having been notified that uh, whatever was being restricted or whatever was being prevented has taken place or has been resolved, if it was a dispute, yeah. then they can proceed and remove the encumbrance. Or the owner of the property can go to court to dispute this encumbrance and yeah. the court may give an order to remove the same the yeah. the, the encumbrance. Yeah. So those are the people who can put the encumbrance in the register of now the land. However, any person who thinks they have a right to this property can make an application to have an encumbrance registered in their favor. So ideally, any person, if you think that you have some right to this property that you feel you need to protect or you feel is threatened, you need to, you can make an application to have registered in your favor. In so far as, of course, you do not have any malicious intent. Exactly. Or your intent is not to interfere with the the enjoyment of the property of the rightful, yeah? Yeah. Okay. We're going to go into the scenarios, but we were supposed to do the definition, or, or rather we were supposed to do a rundown first of the different types of, 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 of encumbrance. Now that you <laughs> told us the disclaimer. Yes. Yeah. So all the type, rather the different types of encumbrances would include, number one is a caution, there's something called a caution. This, some, most of the time, goes hand in hand with something called a caveat. They are one, in essence, they are one and the same thing. Yes. So there is a caution, caveat, there is a charge, there is something we call a restriction, there is another thing that we call 
you something to call easement. Easement is um what are we going to call it? A right that you give to a third party that does not confer ownership of your property to that third party, but it allows them maybe it's a right of way they yes. can pass through your whatever. I know, I know that there are easements for power lines. Yes. This would be utilities. So that would be not just for power, but also for provision of water. Yes. Presumably also uh, sewerage. Yes. So um, it's a right either giving yes. giving you and a third party or another entity access to your property to do something on your property or something to pro- an access to your property or yeah. the, other, the opposite, restricting someone from doing something to your property. property. Yes. So that also is an encumbrance. So an easement. Yes. One. Yes. And then there's something that you said uh, if someone you have leased out your property, that also can be an encumbrance because you see it does not give you full ownership of the property, yes. but for the duration of your lease, it gives you some the sort right. of right. Yes. yes. Over the property. Especially when you you maybe gone ahead and done some heavy commercial investment on property that you have leased, you want yes. to protect that. Yes. You want interest. to protect that interest. Yeah. So, so yeah. the owner doesn't just bundle you out unceremoniously. They stick to the terms of the agreement, yes. or even if there's a transfer, there's a, a desire for the for the owner of the land to sell the land that your right is repulsed. Yes. Uh, good. In my experience, I think the most common one would be child on on property. Yes. And maybe then we can delve into that a little bit. You know, and maybe you have said that these affect third party rights, but can I as the owner of a property, because I do not want that property to be interfered with, say perhaps I live in the diaspora dam and I'm suspecting that somebody may be attempting to sell my, my property without my consent. Can I place can I place a so you're saying that you you think that uh, someone is trying to yeah if, if forge documents and yes. sell the property without yeah. your knowledge yeah yeah you can you okay. can do an application to the registrar under those circumstances present you know uh, your Whatever case you may have yeah. and but the registrar is very cautious when they're trying to deal to register any deal in that property any transfer any charge so that they are able maybe now in that case they would. Because you see, ideally, an encumbrance ensures that the registrar notifies the person who has put it, or the person in whose favor it has been registered, is notified in case of any dealings in that property. So if it is the owner who is putting it, it means that the owner, the registrar would actually ask the owner to physically be there. Because if you're trying to say someone is trying to, to forge your signature, to fraudulently sell your property, then it essentially means they are forging documents. The only way to be sure that you're giving out this property in without any coercion and without any entities yourself, it's basically to present yourself before the registrar to affirm the same. Regarding restrictions, you had said something very interesting earlier regarding property that may be being taken up by, for instance, the government for for road construction or for the development of some sort of public uh, interest. Maybe you could just touch on that. Okay, restrictions... Uh, you will see as we delve into the other types of encumbrances, the only difference is how the the mode okay. in which or they come about. A restriction in most cases is put in by the registrar on their own accord or rather their own. There's no other party or there's no other person who has applied for them to put a restriction. In most cases, the registrar themselves put a restriction on that property. The most common instances in which the registrar would feel the need to put a, re- a restriction is when maybe the, the, the David has said there's compulsory acquisition of property where the government is, you know, they have to acquire the property. So this is just to ensure that either number one, the proprietor is fully compensated or number two, it is actually a government agency that is that is acquiring this property. 
there's no in, there's no fraud or any unscrupulous dealing in yeah. the in the acquisition. Number two is when the registrar has been notified of an ongoing criminal investigation regarding that property. So they would put a restriction to allow the investigation to uh, proceed without the property changing hands or you know the property changing ownership so that yeah. it doesn't become a whole complicated issue. This would be like in the case of property that was acquired using illegally obtained exactly uh, through illegally obtained monies. Yes, People or a property doing money laundering exactly or selling drugs to acquire, or even property that was acquired by a public official using corruptly. Yes, yes, or or a property where maybe the owner has brought like they have come and said that me I have the original title but then again someone else is claiming ownership of that property and they have another title so uh, they would restrict that property so there are and we want to go in the face of determining who has the, the ownership yes. of so that property is restricted until those kind of issues are resolved and then now the hotel the restriction is lifted by the registrar Interesting. yes so uh, yes, mm-hmm. go ahead. No, I think now we can move to now you're talking about now charges because you yes. said charges are the most common I agree with you that a charge is the most common type the most common type of encumbrance that you will find I think some something else we should have mentioned as we begin is how do you know that the property has an encumbrance we discussed about due diligence when you do doing due diligence something we mentioned is a search so a search has so many sections and one of the sections is the encumbrance section. So if the property is does not have any encumbrance, that section ideally reads nil. But if it has an encumbrance, so you will find whatever encumbrance is registered on the property is in the search, it reflects the same. If it's a charge in favor of a bank, it the same is indicated there. If it's a caution put in by whoever, it's it's indicated there. If it's a restriction by the registrar, it will be indicated there. So that is how you know if a property has an encumbrance. You had mentioned earlier anybody can actually register a charge. There is a perception that charges are primarily registered by institutions, whereas your reading of it is different. Um, not really in the law. Uh, the, the interpretation is different. There is no. It doesn't specifically say that a private entity or a private person cannot register a charge. However, what it says is that a charge is something is a is a is an interest registered in favor of of a debt. You understand? Yeah. Actually, it's easier if I just read there. Uh, the description, the section, of the, the section, case. just a small section. We don't want to say we're demystifying, so we also don't want to go Deep into into legalese. Legalese. <laughs> So, <laughs> okay. yeah. So, but the reason why people assume rather that the uh, uh, a charge is what is it called? Primarily is registered only by institutions. Institutions. Yeah. It's because a charge in its essence is has its direct meaning assigned to money 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 borrowing and money you know yeah. so let me read here it is a charge means an interest in land securing the payment of money or money's worth or the fulfillment of any condition and includes a subcharge and the instrument creating the charge so you see it basically talks about money it's an it's an interest in land securing what the payment of money or money's worth so that is why I'm securing I'm securing my interest exactly I've collateralized this debt. Yes. And uh and the collateral is the land that you submitted to me. Yes. And I'm placing it under a charge until such time as you discharge the right. Exactly. So that is why David you're saying that it essentially um, it's it's associated with um banks and circles and yeah, money mortgage. money That's exactly. Yeah, it's because it's a docu- it's a it's an interest that is given to a le- a lender. So the borrower allows the lender to put in an interest in their property and in exchange they receive some amount of money. So that is why it's mostly 
institutions yeah. because you know that's why we go to get money yes, yes. yeah we, we also borrow from our friends yeah um and sometimes you know i i have had interesting conversations with, with people in the diaspora some of them tell me oh i'm buying a property off plan but because of all all the, the recent developments property development space where you see a lot of property developers <laughs> bailing or rather being unable to to fulfill their commitments on the projects they're doing, they, they end up asking me those questions, which look like, should I go ahead if I'm, if I'm giving this uh, property developer money out of my pocket, should I go ahead and maybe even register a caution against the land? But then, of course, you have to understand that there are more complex commercial interests around such kind of schemes that may or may not have you to register a caution, right? Yes, but it's not that simple because in that particular scenario, you're yeah. saying that uh, you're buying a property off plan. Yes. So you want to register a caution yeah. against that uh, that land. Yeah. But now the question now comes in. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You see, I'm sure the agreement states you're paying, you're not paying the entire amount yeah, of money. You're paying the developer, the, not yeah. the owner of the Exactly. And then, you've paid, and then you've paid a deposit of... Um, the money that you've agreed, you've not paid the entire purchase price. And the agreement, I'm sure the agreement, in most cases, the agreement states that you will gain possession when the, the either the property has been fully constructed and you have paid the full purchase price. In this case, you will not have paid the full purchase price and the property will not be there. So yeah. then again, I, the I circum- kind of think that those kind of agreements really disadvantage they do. The, the buyers in, in such schemes. And I think that this is really why we also post uh, this program because we want people to understand what what are you getting yourself into exactly <laughs> when you're when you're getting into a conversation and, and you're, you're trying to do a thing do you understand how the thing is done just maybe taking it we, we've talked about who can register these instruments property usually it's third party interests there could be a self-interest because you're trying to protect your interest in the property L- let me just ask like a lay person how would I go about registering all right so all of them well excluding a charge because a charge is done by the institution mostly you restrictions because these are done yes by, by the registrar. registrar but even if you want a restriction you can do an application to registrar so all of them i said in most cases not exclusively so all of them they are prescribed forms they are forms that we use so if you have no idea what to do the first step is obviously look for a professional or go to the lands registry go to they have a customer care service uh, desk you say i want to put a um, caution or an encumbrance in so and so on in whatever parcel of property so they will give you an application form they have we have prescribed forms for these types of encumbrances for each type of encumbrance so they will give you that prescribed form you will fill in the details but the one thing we say as we began is you need to prove that the right that you're claiming is valid so you're going to attach evidence if it's an agreement it's a lease. Uh, it's a lease agreement. Whatever. It's a mortgage. It's all the banks that all those. Uh, yes. All those KYC. Exactly. Even when you, even when they're doing a charge, yes. Yeah. So you have to convince them that you are the rights that you're claiming is valid and then in uh, you there's an affidavit that you swear to affirm that what you're claiming is true and correct. So when this application is presented to the uh, land registrar, in most cases they call you to physically present your case so that you can convince them that your application is valid. So if they find it valid, then they proceed and register an encumbrance, whether it's a charge, a caution, a caveat, or restriction in your favor. If it's not, then you're... Uh, obviously it's denied so in the I know the next question would be now does the will the owner of the property be called when you're trying to 
present your case. No. In the first instance, no. Unless registrar finds loopholes in your case and then they 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 sense maybe you're trying to like we say you're malicious or you're trying to do something some deep unscrupulous you know actions then they will call uh the owner of the property. the property to come and you know hear your application it is uh, the discretion is up to the registrar but once even if they pass the uh, even if they do pass the whatever the the, the application and end up registering an encumbrance they have a right of a responsibility to inform the owner of the property that as well as certain encumbrance has been registered against your property for so and so reasons and then the the owner of the property has recourse if they feel that it is unfair they can try and appeal like to the registrar or go to court to have the same removed okay. to present their case so technically we're saying an encumbrance stops the free transfer ownership yes from one party to another party yes and i'm just curious to what happens when the third party right has been dispensed in other words if I had a debt and I owed money to the bank and they registered a charge against my property, what are the things I need to do? And this, maybe we can talk about this really with regard to portions, caveats, uh, and, and, and charges. Okay. So before we talk to, talk about extinguishing the rights, the encumbrance, we have not told, we have not, we, we said what a charge is and a restriction. We have decided what yeah. those are and an easement. And we did not, but we did not say what a caution is. So I think you know, we should define what in simple is. terms yes. what a caution is. Yeah. Basically, it's just like what you said, an encumbrance is. A caution is an interest registered by a person who is not the proprietor of that property, hindering uh, the owner or hindering any person from dealing with that land in any way that would prejudice their interest in that property. So basically, it's like a notice, a notice that is put in in the land's register. In the, in the lands registry, notifying anybody who intends to deal in this property in whatever way that there's, a, there's another person's interest in that property. So before you do whatever you're doing, that person has to be notified or has to give content. Yeah. Yes. Okay, that's a subsisting interest. Yes. Maybe we could give a scenario here. Yes. And maybe we can talk specifically about people who have registered leases. Question is, uh-huh. David is leasing land from Monica. Yes. I have a 10-year lease with with you yes and i want you to not be able to sell that land until such time as this 10-year period has been concluded yes so i'll go to the registry have a lease agreement you and i have the lease agreement registered can i take out caution so in that particular case if you have a valid lease what now that would uh, let me mention some of the things that make a lease valid number one it has to be registered if it's not registered i also know that you can only have leases registered if certain duration duration but we have short-term leases okay i'm and telling you can still have those registered. exactly we even this agreement that we do the, the buying and selling agreements of land even those need to be registered you can okay. register them you pay stamp duty yes okay. you pay stamp duty for 500 shillings and you okay. have it registered it's not well to say customary it's customary a good word to describe it it's not practice because people, pra- cause people not, like yeah. david has said mm. people don't do these things yeah people it, it seems like a, they seem like foregone conclusions yes. in other words art on a sale agreement it does not it does not in most in our practice it does not void your agreement mm. but registering it gives it some sort of higher power yeah so oh. anyway i was saying if you have now a lease like the way David you were saying, please remember when you were stating yes, yeah. when you were stating the encumbrances, we started a lease. So a lease in on itself is an encumbrance, a lease on your property, it because is. now 
I have a certificate of lease, but yeah. then in the lease, in the, in the certificate of lease, there's a sublease for David that is registered against my property, which means then I cannot sell this property unless that lease has expired, expired or by consent, David agrees, you know, to... So are you saying that mm-hmm. if Monica, in this particular scenario, attempted to sell her land, even though we had a registered lease agreement between ourselves, Monica can't transfer the property, is that? Yes, unless I get consent from David. Let me give you another oh, scenario. Okay. There are these, David has a, let's go back to our company, Kinduza company has the big chunk of land, but it's not a freehold property. Yes. It's a certificate of lease. It's a leasehold property. So Kinduza company has a lease, has a hundred acres on, re- on leasehold from the government. Yeah. So the certificate of lease, so, but they want to sell this property. So they want to subdivide and sell this property. Well, they will be registering a subleases in favor of the buyers. So the mother title, the Kinduza company, Kinduza company cannot sell the ti- they cannot sell that property unless these people in whose favor subleases have been registered against the mother title have yeah. given consent or have they, they, didn't have, co- they have yes or they have relinquished their rights yes so at least at least on its own is a what is a, a, a is an encumbrance yes so now the, you, there's something you said what if the lease is not registered so then that then that reverts back to an agreement between you and the owner of the property in which case you can now uh, put, in can a put in a caution yes because you have you so did, if i have an unregistered lease yes. it's good advice for me to well, if you think that monica doesn't want to dispense advice here yeah i don't want to but yes for that matter so it's not really good advice it it's is just good. monica informing <laughs> us if, no, if i had uh taken out and this uh i meet this person and say yeah i need your land i want to do something on it I can actually, even if I don't have a formal lease agreement with this person, I can go ahead and register. Yes, because you see, in essence, in essence, for a lease to become an encumbrance, as we are saying, it has to be registered against the title. So in, if it's not registered against the title, then it does not exist in the lands registry. Yes. So you may have, you have the agreement between you and the, te- and, and, and the owner of the property, but in the, in the lands registry, they do not recognize your interest. So in that particular case, you can you can now bring in a claim. Okay, you can even put in a caution stating that you have a third party right. So if this property is being sold, then maybe your terms can be exported to the new buyer. You know, you can or yeah, what, they can keep yes. you on the land for the duration of time. Okay, exactly with the current uh, yes. Yeah, interesting. So we've talked about placing encumbrances. Yeah. We know that. Technically, what encumbrances do is that they stop the current owner of a property from uh, disposing of the property to a third party because there are subsisting rights that accrue to other individuals, not necessarily the owner of the property. So now the question becomes, I have this property and I now want, I have have dispensed with whatever third party rights exist, but there is this encumbrance that has been registered against my property and at this point I'm looking for someone actively to take the property off my hands. What happened? So in the res- in respect of cautions, caveats and you know easements and restrictions, what you need to do is to get consent from the person they have been registered in favor of. So for instance we take the scenario that you gave me that you have a lease uh, or or an agreement between yourself and the owner of the property, but the transfer has not been effected. So you put in a caution to ensure that that property is not sold to another person. So if then you have been reimbursed your purchase price or 
uh, you have agreed, the, the owner has agreed to transfer to you the property and they have signed the transfer forms, then you can allow that the, the caution be removed. Yes? And restriction on the other hand, if whatever, if the criminal case, the criminal investigations have collapsed or have been concluded, then the same will be removed, right? So I think like, so you see now an easement is, if it's, a, it's something that is registered in favor of someone, that person has to give consent for that property to be dispensed with for the easement. Because the easement remains, so it will be, you give consent yeah. and maybe the terms of the easement move to the next proprietor. Right. When it comes to something like now charges, it would mean that in essence you have paid you have paid your debt. You have cleared whatever financial obligation you had. Yes. So in this particular case, you're going to be requesting that institution or the the, the charger to discharge the charge to discharge the charge. So in all cases, we say how to put them is their prescribed form. The removal of them also is also through an application via the prescribed forms. So you still go back and make an application, yeah. give evidence that the same, whatever interest has been protected has been dispensed with or has okay. been relinquished yeah. by giving consent or by performance or whatever. It could be that the lease has expired. Yes. Okay. Or for instance, that the money has been paid. Yes. Okay. So the interest has been relinquished or it has been dispensed with. Okay. So in that case now, the encumbrance is removed and the property is now free of encumbrances. So the discharge of... And this would need to be done for transfer and registration of the property to another to person. another person because the transfer would not the transfer cannot be effected unless the encumbrance has yes when the encumbrance is still yes okay so this would be the additional measure that we would need to take for the transfer property that has an encumbrance yes make sure that the encumbrance has been removed yeah and that's the only way the transfer can be effected, effected. good so yes the other way to remove the encumbrance is obviously through a court order if you feel as the owner of the property that this encumbrance is unfair and it was put either maliciously fraudulently it has lapsed yes then you go to court it may have lapsed and the person who had placed it or the person whose favor it was placed is since deceased for example. yeah exactly even though when that person dies does the right cease to exist no unless it has been dispensed. yes unless it has unless it has lapsed the, the duration agreed on has lapsed. Okay. Death does not invalidate any person's or extinguish any person's rights or interest in any property. What happens, it vests in the area. It vests in the, your beneficiary, successors of your property. I was about to ask you whether, you know, if a bank collapses today and you have to get a mortgage, <laughs> you could go and request for the charge to be... <laughs> To be removed. See, so you still took money. You enjoy it, <laughs> and you see. Remember, the charge has to be the people. Who have, the people who has to sign that discharge of charge is the institution. Yeah. So now you have. Now you but have to look. What happened? It doesn't. Yeah. You said it. Remember, it has collapsed. If it has yeah. collapsed, then it goes under bankruptcy. What then? It goes yeah. under. It goes under. So it, it, so it you, has. You have to revert to the liquidator. Exactly yeah. to the liquidator too. Yeah. Extinguish the charge. Yeah, charge. Yes. So in the in the case that it has completely collapsed and there is no maybe it was a circle and then <laughs> there's it is a circle. No, it is a circle and you cannot yeah. trace back you cannot trace who are the owners of the circle. You don't know now where it has gone. Yeah. Like the way you're saying it has, you know. Yeah. And you go to court. Because mm. you see now even the title, it's the bank that keeps it. 
The circle yeah. is the one that has kept it. So yes. you also don't have your title. True. In that case, you have to go to the bank. Yeah. I mean, to the court, sorry. Yeah. And state now, I take a loan, you give the evidence, you give yeah. the factual, whatever, and then the court gives you a court order because it, a court order would include that title either being cancelled by the registrar and you being issued a new one. Okay. So those kind of things. So you have to go to court. Ah. Yeah, in those in those peculiar yeah, circumstances, yes. in those peculiar circumstances, yeah. the court is the back stops with the court. Okay. Yes. Yeah, this is, this is good information to have. I think we've covered on our basis. Maybe just one last thing. We have forms of ownership of, of property that are not what you'd call titled. So it's, this property that doesn't have a certificate of title, doesn't have a certificate of lease, um, doesn't fall under the property of any other department or unit under the Ministry of Lands. This is the Lands Registration. Yeah. So those would include properties held under letters of allotments or share certificates. And I'm just very curious to know from you whether it's possible to register an encumbrance against such property. I, I went and I borrowed. My brother told me, oh, uh, give me half a million shillings, my land is worth five million bob. And, and I, you know, now he said, you know, you can even go ahead and register <laughs> a charge against can I do that? Can I actually... Against share certificates and those kind of... No. You okay. will find that uh, banks refuse these kind of documents. Mm. Because you remember we said what are the, uh, the types of uh, documents that prove that are proof of ownership. Yes, I We said in a, in a leasehold, it's a certificate of lease. We said in a freehold, it's a... Yes. So those are the two primary documents, primary documents. I say primary documents because we have other documents like yeah, we used to have in... Exactly, properties. sectional properties title. We also have in the, the, the previous landlords and land regimes, we have something called an ascent. Yeah. We have fee simples. Yeah. We have... In there's another one. We have we use we have several. Yeah. We are trying to consolidate them into into the into the three documents: section of properties title, certificate yeah. of lease, and certificate of title. But we are not done yet. Okay. So what is so as in essence, those documents uh, proof of ownership means if I do a search in the lands registry, I yeah. will find your name registered as the owner of a property. Unfortunately, a share certificate does not a share certificate from a company, which is the owner of a property, does not confer ownership to your property. Yeah. Because a share certificate is only gives proof, proof of ownership in that company. It's not registered in the lands office. You get yeah, it. Yeah. So if I try the to, share is held in the company in and the not compa- in and the land. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. that is why banks or institutions do not recognize share certificates as has proof of ownership because it, in essence, it's just basic. If I do a search, yeah. if I, when I'm trying to do due diligence, will I find that you're the owner of this property? Yeah. So when I want to foreclose, if you, in case you default, I want to recover, I will be selling your property. But you see, if the property is not registered against you, then it's not your property. True. In which case, then I cannot get my interest. I cannot recover whatever. True. Yes. Yes. You cannot not, borrow against not, a share not certificate. Not yes, and you cannot unless now no, you cannot unless you wait for the, the company to process your titles and then you now do the borrowing. And every time I sit down and have a conversation with you, I always pick up a lot of information and I hope our listeners too are learning something new every day. Every time that you're here sharing with us on just legal aspects of 
property in Kenya. So thank you so much again for your time today. As I understand encumbrances now, they're really just instruments by which, you know, the rights of both third parties and owners can be secured in a manner that is clearly evident, uh, well documented, and especially so at the level of local land administration, you know, so that any subsisting rights for both third parties and for owners uh, can be secured. It's very interesting to me to observe both the owners of land or property in general and the third parties they may interact with in the ordinary course of their tenure of that property. You know, say for example, uh, a lessee, financial institutions, and even other private individuals. It's it's interesting to see that they can legitimize their claim to an interest in the property via encumbrances. For any property investor, I feel, you know, be it as an owner or even as a lessor for that matter, or even for as a financier who has loaned money and has accepted collateral in the form of property, it is very ideal to understand how encumbrances apply and how they can be used to secure property ownership rights or claims as third parties. So perhaps as now we close out, what are your final thoughts, maybe something you would want to leave us with as we close out uh, this episode? Uh, I think we have conclusively discussed it, but there's, there's, when we talk about peculiar scenarios, I think there is one maybe we can mention when it comes to the issue of charges. We've said it, it states about money, you know, a debt or doing some obligation. So there's another way, apart from just getting a, a money from the bank, is maybe you want to buy property, the property is worth 3 million and you don't have the money. You really want this property and maybe you can only raise a million at a time, but you want the property yeah. and you qualify for a loan uh, from your bank. Uh, and, but you can only, but you don't have collateral, right? So you want to use this property that you have not acquired. That's collateral. Yeah, I'm saying, yes, I'm saying this because you say that uh, the bank can only give you money on property that they can search and find it is your, in your name. So what happens in this property, it's not in my name because I'm not bought it, yeah. I'm buying it. Yeah. But I want the, the bank to help me buy this property. Yeah, you want to get financing. You, you want to get financing. So what happens is obviously the bank comes in as a third party buyer. Like you enter into a contract with the, uh, the seller of the property and then the bank enters into a contract with you as your financier. So what happens, the property does not vest in you. You see, the transfer is not in your name. The yeah. property goes to the bank until you pay your the, 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 the amount advanced. Oh. Then you can receive ownership of the property. In this case, would they register? There be a need for them to register a charge against the property? Yeah, they can, they can do it either. If the property, the agreement is that the property goes to their name, then obviously there is no yeah. charge. Yeah. But if the agreement is the property vests in you, then the charge is registered against, against yeah. that property. Yeah. So then the title will come out in your name, yeah. but, but there, there will be there a, charge. a charge registered. Yeah, the, then the title will be held by the banks yeah. until then. Then you have to go through the formalities of the discharge. discharge. Once the debt has been paid. Okay, that was the last one. Yes, completely, completely. Monica, I can thank you enough for today's episode thank you for all the invaluable insight that you've shared with us i know there's been an overrun on time i'd say that it was it was well worth it i'm required to tell you uh, listeners that this information doesn't qualify as legal advice in as much as it does provide uh, great information in helping investors make informed decisions on legal aspects regarding the situations they may find themselves in and out of necessity 
are likely to encounter. So if you intend to optimize your results in the real estate space in Kenya, it's always good to be informed. So hopefully, again, uh, lots of beneficial information here. What you do with it is entirely at your discretion. Monica keeps reminding me to tell you, listener, that in all you do out there in the marketplace, please make sure that you stay informed. And importantly, that in the things you may not necessarily know how to do, engage with professionals, even when you may have some information. These conversations are supposed to enlighten you somewhat to the realities in the marketplace. You know, more so what simple measures you can take to engage with your best interests at heart. Naturally, you cannot see what may come your way if you have no idea or if you have no way to anticipate it or look for it. That's why we're doing this, to give you improved awareness and perception. Please make sure that you stay informed again and enlightened. Trust me, it goes a long way to keeping you safe. Good people, that concludes this episode of the podcast. We hope you learned something new. Send us any questions, comments, and feedback you may have, including any topics of interest you may want to have featured here. Of course, you know, we'd be glad if you share this podcast with your friends, rate it and leave us a review wherever you come across it, and subscribe to get notified of upcoming episodes. This goes a long way to support our work. Connect with us on our social media handles included in the description of this podcast. Do you have a story in the real estate space in Kenya that can inspire, inform, and educate? To feature as a guest, please fill out our podcast guest form and tell us a little bit about yourself and the topics you'd like to discuss. We would love to hear from you. So you just send us an email, you know, send us a WhatsApp message and we shall pick up the conversation with you. Lastly, you can support this production financially by contacting our marketing team to advertise on the podcast or through your generous giving by using the links in the description of this podcast. Thank you so much for your love and support. We totally, we totally appreciate it and catch you on the next episode. Bye.